Welcome and thanks for joining Deacon Ryan, the people's platform and community where like-minded people come together to gather, pray and above all, share our love for both God and one another. That's here with Deacon Ryan. Let's pray. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed this parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods of which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. He said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry. And when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. 
But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it is an absolute honor to be with you tonight to serve you this chapel community. I want to thank Father Joseph Paul for requesting temporary permission while I wait for my stable faculties to be granted. I never anticipated that one of my Lenten sacrifices would be that of my diaconal service. But I pray that very soon I will be a fixture here in this chapel community. Speaking of fixtures, I really hope they get me a stool or something, as either the cold weather in my Canadian home stunted my growth, or this ambo is really high. Now our readings today are rich and deserving of attention, but since this is my first time preaching for you and by way of brief introduction, I'll give you my Coles Notes biography. My name is Deacon Ryan Sales. I'm married. My wife Anna is my better half, way smarter, way funnier, way more beautiful, and way holier than I am. And I'm certain that being married to me is her get-out-of-purgatory-free card. Together, we have a 23-year-old adopted son who has given us four beautiful grandchildren, and we have a 13-year-old daughter. I'm a convert to the faith, three amazing women bringing me to Christ my paternal grandmother, my wife, and our Blessed Mother. Now, for those of you that say that midlife crises don't exist or that turning 40 isn't anything special, in my 40th year, I became a grandfather, saw my baby girl hit double digits, and started to lose my hair. Instead of buying a fancy car, though, I was ordained a permanent deacon for the Diocese of St. Paul in Alberta, Canada, and four weeks ago, I left my home in the middle of a snowstorm and made the 2,000-mile journey south to serve here at the University of Dallas. For 25 years, I worked in public safety, serving as an officer in the Canadian Air Force, then as a paramedic, and finally as a police officer and homicide detective. Since 2016, I've worked various jobs in the church, from youth camp director to chaplain to chancellor, Instead of saying, I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up, I will say that all of this has been but a warm-up for my present honor of serving UD as one of its campus ministers. And more importantly, in the brief time I've been here, including one week spent with an inspiring group of students on our alternative spring break, I have already come to love all of you our faculty, staff, students, and generous benefactors. Please pray for me, my ministry, and especially my family, just as I pray for each of you. Now, when I first arrived in the chapel, one of the things that caught my eye was the vase of bare branches on the table near the entrance. I inquired about its meaning and was told that you will see them in parishes during Lent, the barren branches calling to mind the desert where Jesus fasted and prayed. You won't see these in my home diocese, typically. 
probably because instead of 40 days, we spend six to eight months in a cold and frigid desert, looking outside at a lifeless, bland, monochrome color palette. Beyond those branches, though, Lent is filled with many other signs and symbols, disciplines and traditions, the covering of the statues and eventually the crucifixes, the removal of flowers, fasting, abstinence, the stations of the cross, ashes, purple vestments, almsgiving, conversion. The season of Lent is penitential. We are to be sorry for our sins. It's purgative. We are to actively root out those things that come between us and Christ to prepare to celebrate Easter well. It's a challenging season. In fact, it's likely the most challenging period for devout Christians, even in the best of times. And that's a good thing. Lent is not just a time of preparation for Easter. It's an opportunity for us to engender real, deep conversion in our lives. Some may not hear it preached enough, but it is literally a matter of life and death turning away from the terrifying consequences of sin and reorienting our lives back to Christ. But within the context of the here and now, the year of our Lord 2022, Lent for many has gone from challenging to overwhelming. Mental illness is sweeping the world, depression and anxiety, loneliness spanning all generations. Throw in a global pandemic, maybe a bit or a lot of scrupulosity, the challenges of approaching the end of the term or graduation, separation from family, inflation, gas prices, global conflicts, and all of a sudden, the thing we can end up sacrificing for Lent is hope. My friends, I want to remind us all that the only thing we will never be able to sacrifice at Lent, the one thing we will never be able to give up, is the love our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has for us, and the fact that he has conquered death. The battle is won despite what we have done or failed to do. No matter whether we insult our Father by demanding our inheritance before he has even died, no matter if we take that inheritance and squander it away on a life of dissipation, no matter if we feel like we've insulted God because we only did a single genuflection instead of a double genuflection, no matter what the circumstances of the world are, famine, war, global pandemics, no matter what happens, our Lord is always there, watching for us, yearning for us, loving us, waiting for us to return to him. Our Lord is there, and when we return to him, he will do just as the Father did in our gospel. He will throw convention and propriety to the wind and rush out to embrace us. Our second reading reminds us of the forgiveness we are offered. We read, Whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And all this is from God, who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation, namely, 
God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And how did this happen, my friends? We read, For our sake he made him to be sin who did not know sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. My friends, we must never lose sight of how radical this is, how foolish our Lord's love is for us. Most non-Christian religions focus on the expiatory actions of man. It is humanity seeking to make things right with their God or gods. And yet our God loves us so much that he came to us. He didn't wait for us, but rather, as Pope Benedict wrote, the cross stands there, not as a work of expiation that mankind offers to the wrathful God, but as the expression of that foolish love of God's that gives itself away to the point of humiliation in order thus to save man. It is his approach to us, not the other way around. We do not glorify God by supposedly giving to him out of our resources, as if they were not his already, but by letting ourselves be endowed with his gifts and thus recognizing him as the only Lord. My friends, I try to end every homily with a call to action. In this context, I won't call it homework, so please, students, spare my life. As we continue our Lenten journey, and especially for those who are struggling, I want to remind you of the words of our wise campus chaplain in several of his recent homilies. The strength necessary to make a good Lent, the subject matter of our Lenten sacrifices, our success in our prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, none of it is ours. If we rely on our own strength, we will not succeed. Rather, I ask you this Lent to give up the pretense that we can do this on our own, that it is our own holiness or piety that determines uh, our preparation for Easter, to give up our thoughts of control or ownership or balance or success or failure and simply recognize that our Lord is the one who pursues us, and it is his strength which prepares us for Easter. It was the Father's initiative that saw his Son condescended and made man such that we could become like God. So let us seek to die to self, and let our Lord make us into a new creation. This Easter... I pray that each and every one of us will hear the words, but now we must celebrate and rejoice because our brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Amen. Thanks once again for taking the time to join Deacon Ryan, the people's platform and community where like-minded people come together to gather pray, and above all, share our love for both God and one another. That's here with Deacon Ryan.